right. One second. All right. I want to thank everybody for coming out to tonight's webinar. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to teaching you what I know and we'll see what, um, you know, all the questions you guys may have. And uh, before we get started, you know, I do want to talk about, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of what a social contract is. And there's also such a thing as a webinar contract. And so I want to talk to you about the elephant in the room right now before we get started. Because, you know, I want everybody to understand that, you know, what's going on here. Okay. So I'm definitely going to share with you everything I know about this oh, corporate transparency act. You're going to be educated and forewarned about what, what this uh, corporate transparency act is. You're going to learn about the three or excuse me, two legal ways you can not have to comply with it. And at the, end of the, at the webinar, I will make the case that you should invest in our solution, but we feel is the best way to shield you from having to comply with the Corporate Transparency Act. In the meantime, let's dive into what this is all about. So guys, the Corporate Transparency Act is changing everything. I'm 59 years old, almost 60. You know, I'm not a historian by any means, but I have spoken to you know, a lot of attorneys, especially ones I work with, and they said this is the most anti-small business law that they've ever seen, and they suspect enacted in this country's history. Just so you know, right from the right from the jump, that this is overseen by the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, and you know, it's not a long stretch to say that it could put us all in danger of prison. You know, potentially not for just us, but for our families as well. And I'll tell you why, but the fact that, you know, we're talking about money laundering statutes here, that gives you a little bit of a pause just from the get-go. But, you know, it has empowered the IRS to be much more aggressive in targeting us. You know, and we've all grown up in our adult lives with this fear of the IRS, you know, keeping us up at night. I mean, just some small examples, you know, where you have the IRS seizing money for too many small cash deposits because they considered that suspicious you know uh millions were taken from innocent people because of how they manage their bank accounts you know the inspector general found uh you know uh a paperwork infraction infraction uh you know ended up uh, having money laundering uh charges and, and situations going against a uh, you know a uh uh a business owner in in georgia and you know there's already been in the past years you know a lot of uh, you know, people, the IRS has been under spotlight for freezing assets. That's what they do <laughs> a lot of times. Well, after the Trans Corporate Transparency Act starts on January 1st, 2024 and into 2025, you know, we suspect these kinds of horror stories are going to become commonplace. In fact, we believe it's actually going to get much worse. I mean, you know, they passed this uh, wonderful, quote unquote, wonderful law in the middle of the night as part of an appropriations bill back in 2020. It starts coming into effect on January 1st, 2024. It will come into full effect on January 1st, 2025. And it will nuke most of the asset protection strategies 
that are involved having LLCs. Most tax shelters are going to go bye-bye because they won't be effective anymore. And what it's going to do is it's going to allow the IRS to connect the dots on all of our business and investments. And it's going to put us under our, you know, us and our businesses under the IRS microscope like never before. But before I get involved in this, let's talk. I want to talk to you so you know who I am. My name is Don Thornton. I'm known on the internet as Don the Short Sale Guy because I am one of the best. In fact, I would hazard to say I'm the best short sale investor in the country. I have flipped over 3,500 foreclosures in my career. This is my 22nd year in real estate investing. I have an MBA in finance. And, you know, in my, the burden of being successful is that unit weight paying way too much in taxes. And at the time, I didn't know any better how to, you know, shield myself or at least somewhat mitigate the risk of, of lawsuits in my business. So I carried as much as $5 million in liability insurance at the time. But eventually I was able to, you know, uh, find a strategy and a vehicle that would give me, you know, as much as 100% lawsuit proof asset protection as you can get in this country. And, you know, I saved a lot of my taxes. In short, it's, it really changed my life, especially changed my business. And I decided a few years ago that I wanted to share what I found. And I dedicated myself to educating people how to follow the path I, I found to help me go and get and be successful in what I do. But before we dive into this monster of a law, I do have to say one thing first is that I am not a licensed legal or tax or accounting professional. Everything I say here tonight is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for or considered legal tax or accounting advice. You should always consult with a licensed professional before entering into any financial transaction. So what is the Corporate Transaction Corporate Transparency Act? Well, it is a federal new federal database is specifically targeting entrepreneurs and investors. Now, its stated purpose is to fight money laundering, terrorism funding, drug trafficking, so on and so forth. But you know, my humble opinion, I think the government is just going after a small business owners, real estate investors, private investors, you know, commission sales, ten ninety nine, um, probably because they don't think they don't think we're paying enough taxes, <laughs> and we're probably you know easier targets. To squeeze. It also seems to think that most of us are engaged in money laundering, judging by the fact that you know this whole shindig, this whole operation is being enforced by the crime, you know, the, the financial crimes enforcement network. You know, not a big stretch to feel like they think there's money laundering involved. And they've been preparing for this for years to go against us. Okay. Some examples: 85,000 plus new IRS agents. They've added billions of dollars to the IRS budget. Now the IRS has new AI capabilities. Their digital capabilities have been greatly upgraded. And now this, with this creation of an all-encompassing database to gather all of our information into one place. And we got a law now that compels us to give up our personal and corporate anonymity. And the end result of that, well, there's a modernized new system designed to scrutinize our every transaction. And it's weaponized to squeeze us to pay for us to pay more to the government and like I said, it's overseen by the Federal Department Office that's sole purpose is to investigate money laundering. And the Corporate Transparency Act is the law that ties all this together. Again, enforced by the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. But when I first heard about that, you know, I was like, woo, you know, I don't do anything wrong, but I still get nervous about that when people, you know, departments have an agenda are, you know, taking out their spotlight to look at everybody. But, uh, you know, who let's talk about who the politicians in this law exempted from it. 
any kind of government governmental authority, banks, credit unions, depository holding companies, money services businesses, security brokers, dealers, securities exchange agencies, investment companies, investment advisors, venture capital fund advisors, insurance companies, state license insurance, accounting firms, public utilities, pooled investments, or any entity that makes more than $5 million in gross receipts and has 20 plus full-time US-based employees. It also exempts any tax exempt entities like nonprofits, any inactive entities that um, were formed before 2020 who are no longer generating any revenue. Uh, W-2 employees, I think the irony is there is I feel like they they can't get anybody, they can't squeeze any more from W-2 and sole proprietors. So notice the pattern here, with the exception of, with the exception of, um, you know, W-2s and and sole uh, sole proprietors. You know, think about this. In 2000, 2008, with the financial crash, who got bailed out? Right. Well, it was the big companies. They got bailed out. They didn't bail out any small fry like we we are. Well, they have the lobbyists and money to buy out the politicians, so they got the uh, they got return on their investment. We're the low hanging fruit. You know. And oh, by the way, you know, sorry for the attorneys in the room here. I, I had to chuckle a little bit. Uh, they didn't exempt attorneys. I found that very surprising. So, oh, well, welcome. <laughs> welcome to us, the great unwashed here, uh, counselors. I mean, you're in the same boat with us. OK, so let's talk about who they're making registered to this. OK, for this LLC, S Corps, C Corps, LLPs, LLPs. Any of those structures that make less than fifty million, or excuse me, five million dollars in gross receipts, less than twenty full-time U.S.-based employees, and it, it's not either or; it's both. You have to have both. Uh, they're going after what they call beneficial owners of any entities. So, if you've got a stake in twenty-five percent of something, that means you are a beneficial owner, and you have to um, register. And they have kind of a murky description of anyone who exercises significant control on the business. You know, that could be a lot of things, um, you know, I just to be on the safe side, I'm thinking about anybody that's, a, you know, a, is a, uh, you know, high officer in a company is going to have to register uh, applicants. This is an interesting one. Anybody that filed any business paperwork for you, especially at the at the uh, uh, when you opened up your, your company, they also have to register. Here's a very small, very, very simplified cheat sheet put together for you so you can understand the concept. Again, five men or less in gross receipts, less than 20 full-time employees. And here's a very, very important one. Anything anything that's registered with any state's Secretary of State office. So if you have an, you know, like, for example, LLCs, C-Corps, um, uh, S-Corps, you know, they're registered with the Secretary of State and they have to submit an annual report. So the, any, any entity that has to do that, then they uh, are a what they call a reporting company, and they have to register with this. So here's a um, a flow chart that th- this is on the uh, the government's uh, uh, boy b o i PDF. You can get it on online. It's very easy to get, and this just basically illustrates what I was talking about. So is the company a corporation? Yes. Boom. You got to report. Is the company a limited liability company? Yes. Boom. Got to report. Was the was the company created by the filing of a document with a secretary of state or any similar office under the law of a state or Indian tribe? Yes, you got a report. Okay, so you see it's pretty cut and dried. I suspect most of us here, you know, have an LLC or a corporation of some kind. 
So that's, you know, we're all in the same boat here. But this is kind of where they laid a trap for us. And because there is so much information that has to be provided to them. And, you know, any beneficial owners, senior officers or applicants, person with substantial control, all you have to, as a business owner, you have to provide all of that to this database. You know, debt, driver's license, passport numbers, scan photos. The idea is you have to provide the residential address, date of birth, social security, email addresses, phone numbers, any other identification cards. And this is an interesting one. You got, you have to take a picture of yourself from the waist up. And that has to be provided with the initial documentation uh, when you're registering. And all the business information, you got to provide all that as well. Legal name, any trademarks that the business has, copyrights, any DBAs, any business registrations, tax ID numbers. And of course, we already went over this a little bit, but the identifying information on the beneficial owners of the company and the company itself. And the applicant, like I said, just to reiterate, the applicant information, the person who registered your business or company person, you know, and I, I registered mine back in 2003. You know, I have, I don't even have a clue about how to track down that person. And yet it's required information. I have to provide it, you know, track them all down and get all that info that I just discussed to be in compliance with this law. Like I said, 2003, 20 years ago. Almost twenty, almost twenty-two years ago. How am I going to find that person from twenty years ago, right? And if you don't provide all all of this info, you're not in compliance with this new law, and you'll pay a heavy price for it. Okay, uh, because I'll go over this later in more detail. But there's some hefty fines that go with non-compliance and mistakes in the forms. They're also uh, instituting new FinCEN numbers, they call it, and uh, you're going to have to have a FinCEN number to open or maintain any financial accounts. Right now, you just have to have a corporate resolution and an EIN number to do so. Now you got to add a FinCEN to that. And, uh, you know, I sometimes get people asking me, well, what's the big deal? The government can get all this information already anytime they want. Well, I mean, yes, I guess that's true. But, you know, if we want to just set aside just for a second how gross, <laughs> how this is a gross invasion of our privacy by the federal government, I mean, honestly, I mean, what is the federal government's business, you know, all this stuff they're asking for, I mean, you know, if you think about it, but let's just put that aside for a second, okay? Um, I know as a real estate investor, and I deal with a lot of very, I mean, even more successful investors than I do. And, you know, Wyoming LLCs, holding companies, shell companies. I mean, there's, there's a whole business, you know, an industry out there designed to use legal methods for you know to to legal methods to reduce your taxes and you know shield assets and things like that so they actually worked and it's probably a reason why they're going after them because they work really well and the federal government doesn't like that so but they never did have an entire picture of our income and our investments in one database so a lot of what we had could still be shielded not a lot of people who don't maybe have those assets you don't you don't get that or it's not that big a deal for you but for a lot of us it is a big deal and and for a lot of years, decades, let's face it. I mean, the IRS was underfunded, understaffed. Its digital capabilities were archaic, but not anymore. There's a whole new IRS out there. And they're going to be able to coordinate and analyze our finances, our assets, et cetera, et cetera, with a simple push of a button. And they have IRS AI now, okay? And they're going to analyze all your info and your transactions 
and your business structure, and they're going to decide if you are quote-unquote suspect. Now, the way this works, I mean, hopefully I'm not, I don't feel like I'm talking down to you, but, you know, if you don't understand how this works, you know, if you ever had your bank or your credit card company send you an alert about a possible fraudulent transaction, well, that's they're using AI for that, okay? And we're grateful for that because we don't want scammers, you know, stealing our identity and, identity and you know, training our bank accounts. So that's good, but... You know, the same principle is going to work for IRS AI. And let me tell you something, it's not going to be a good thing for us. We're not going to welcome that text message or whatever. I'm not saying they're going to copy us my text message. I'm just saying as an example. And you know what? The feds have also set up a network, you know, pardon me for this legal term, snitches, to ensnare us in their web. Financial institutions have been tasked to be their eyes and ears. So if they see any suspicious or odd activity in your account, They've been instructed to freeze the account, call the FBI, and start and have the FBI start an investigation. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I was on a trip, and I have a, um, I have someone that I met who's an exec with Citibank, and you know, we were just chit chatting. It was in a break of a conference, and I asked him. I said, "Well, he had you ever heard of the Corporate Transparency Act?" And he says, "Oh yeah, of course. We had a group of federal agents in here recently, a couple of weeks ago, and they were training our people on how to identify odd or suspicious transactions." And the procedures are for us to immediately seize the account or, you know, freeze the accounts and to report them to the FBI for an investigation that's going to be started. Well, I asked him, I said, what do you think? How many accounts a month do you think they're going to freeze once this gets going? And his reply just chilled me. He said thousands. It's crazy, huh? Pretty chilling. So, and um, we've been informed that accountants are also going to be on the lookout uh to, to with this and they're also going to be reporting anything suspicious at a drop of a hat and you know your money gets frozen they seize your assets they get a cut banks get 30 to 40 percent of if someone's found guilty of money laundering they get 30 to 40 percent of the take so think about that and for accountants you know this is interesting because they're licensed they have a fiduciary responsibility to their clients and yet they are also you know, on the you know, be on the lookout and required to, uh, you know, you know, report that to uh, the feds, which I think is interesting. So this all starts on January first, two thousand twenty-four. You know, and when the FBI starts their investigation, they're going to go through your business with a fine-tooth comb. You know, I mean, I had, um, you know, I had a, a investigation against my company back in two thousand eleven. Uh, the, the accusation was uh, operating as a realtor without a license. Of course, I was cleared on it. I did anything wrong. It's still two years of being investigated. That was just from a state department, you know, state of Florida. Uh, this is a federal investigation, a whole different thing. And if they find anything wrong, well, they'll seize everything. You know, accounts frozen, businesses seized, properties, the whole nine yards. And you won't have any, you won't have any money to fight it. And so just statistically speaking, only about 1% of the funds and assets are ever returned. Because remember, this is a money laundering statute. So the burden of proof is on you. You have to prove your innocence, not the other way around. So just keep that in mind. Um, like I said, banks get 35 to 40% of the accounts that are frozen for people who are found guilty for money, you know, for money laundering violations. And you may think that you operate within law, so what's the big deal, right? Well. You know, I'm just flashing back to when, you know, uh, I was working with my attorneys 
my defense attorneys and I asked that question. I said, like, I'm not doing wrong. It says, Don, it's what it's not what they initially start the investigation was always what they find. And and they said very rarely is everybody 100 percent clean, you know, no matter if you have one oversight, one missing disclosure, one mistake on a reporting form. Maybe you have one undocumented employee that you inadvertently hired in the past. You know, if they have they had the justification, they'll 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 bring the hammer down. And that's always the I'm not saying it'll happen every time, but you know what? Who who wants to be in that in that situation? Um and no one is gonna voluntarily do all this stuff unless there's some major uh uh force to do so, right? And so if you don't com comply, there are civil and criminal penalties built into this law. They um there's five hundred to fifteen hundred dollar daily fines if you make mistakes, or you, and, you, and and these fines, by the way, will be you will be assessed retroactively from the date of the violation. So we went over at the very beginning just how much documentation we're going to have to provide for this for this law, and at the very minimum, you know, we're going to probably have to have higher extra staff just to keep up with all that stuff, which is more expense for us, especially as a small business owners. Well, I suspect that there's going to be an awful lot of mistakes being made. Uh, and if you don't make, if you make these, even one mistake, you're not in compliance. But here's the, here's the problem. I mean, think about this. There are 36 million LLCs in the country. There's a lot of information to be going, you know, to the federal government. And they're not the most efficient organization, if you know what I mean, right? So it's just an example. I mean, this is just, this is an example, you know. I'm not saying it's going to be this way, but this is what could very well easily happen. Let's say you send in your registration, your docs, uh, by January 31st. Well, it may take the government until May 31st to inform you that you made a mistake on your stuff. Well, they're gonna they're not gonna say, okay, here's 30 days, go, go, go make them, you know, go clean up. They're they can they can, they are allowed to find you from the date of the violation, which in their calendar was January 31st when you sent the when you sent the application and the documentation in 90 days ago. So if it's just the minimal $500 times $90 a day, fine, daily fine, that could be as high as $45,000. You know, <laughs> what if it's $1,500 a day, which they had the right to do? That'd be $135,000 fines you got to pay for making a mistake on your filing. Okay. That's just civil penalties. And again, uh, I'm not saying it's going to, every case is going to be that way. I'm looking at, you know, the maximum, what just so you get an idea of what can happen. Because, you know, there's a Murphy's Law situation here. What could go wrong, you know, often does go wrong. And that's the civil penalties. Okay. If they decide that you're willfully not complying and they decide that, not, not us, they decide that. And they can come after you with criminal charges. And it's $10,000 max fine per violation and two years prison per violation. Okay. And again, it's per violations, not just that's it. All right. And remember those uh, frozen bank accounts that we talked about earlier that it could happen. You know, again, I'm reiterating this. It's so important. You understand this. It's, it's this law is governed by the money laundering statutes. Okay. So they can declare. Everything you own is a forfeiture, okay? And they can they can hold you in a federal facility. I mean, it's may this may be extreme, but you know this is in the law. You know, I went to a conference last Saturday in Dallas with the attorneys I work with, and we had a briefing about this, and they brought that up that you know that potentially it's a possibility 
you know, that even family could be held liable as, as co-conspirators because in this law, in the statute, anyone who receives benefits from forfeited funds, assets, and so on and so forth can be considered a co-conspirator and be prosecuted. You know, and then, you know, I'm sure there's people out there saying, oh, Don, they're not going to do that. Besides, there's no room in our prisons. You know, they're our full anyway. They're not going to put us there. Well, you know, yes and no. I mean, there are a bunch of FEMA locations around the country, and a lot, most of them are empty and they're not and they're fully staffed. They could handle the influx. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they could. That's how they could do it. You know, where were they putting, where were they putting, uh, um, you know all of the all of the uh, illegals that were coming in uh, during the Trump administration and, and, and into the Biden administration. You know they were using federal facilities. Just saying, there's an old saying that when people tell you what they're going to do, believe them. So all this info, uh, most of this info has already been disclosed by the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, and I just once again think that it's very interesting as far as intent that they made the financial. Uh, crimes enforcement network, the agency to enforce this and not some other agency. I just think it's interesting, right? There's a message there. And I think the message is that they declared war on small business and private investors. Uh, because, I mean, who else is being targeted? No one else is being targeted. We are the ones that are being specifically targeted for this. Okay. And in my opinion, we're going to be burdened with requirements that are very, very, very hard to comply with, and there are going to be mistakes. And when there's going to be when there's mistakes, there's fines, or worse. If they start investigating and they and they decide that you're willfully not complying, and they'll just use that as a justification to get more money from us. And that's a best case scenario. Okay, worst case scenario, like we talked about, they can seize everything you own and imprison you. Us, right? Worst case scenario, and um. You know, banks and accountants, financial advisors are going to be looking over us, over our shoulders, scrutinizing everything we're doing. We haven't really ever had to experience that very much in before in business. I've been in business for 30 years. As an investor, I had my own business since I was I got out of high school. And nothing was ever like this, ever. Odd or suspicious activities that they determined not was, right? Well, it all seems pretty bleak. In fact, it is. So let's take a quick break on this, and because this is a lot to take in, I've covered it a little bit more quickly than maybe what I would have liked, but I've got a question for you, and this is the most important question you're going to hear in this webinar. Why in the world would you voluntarily comply with this outrageous law if there was a legal, and I repeat, legal way to avoid it? What if I told you there was a loophole? Our clients already run their businesses, they protect their assets, they protect their anonymity, they get they get tax reductions, they shield their assets from lawsuits as much as is possible. And guess what else they get? They're also protected from having to comply with the Corporate Transparency Act. They have a 100% legal structure and strategy that exempts you from having to comply with this Corporate Transparency Act. So imagine, now that you've heard what's coming and what could happen, as a result, I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying it could happen, right? Imagine operating all of your businesses without having to register with this Corporate Transparency Act. Imagine not having to get a FinCEN number, right? Imagine not having not being on the radar at all, besides filing a tax return every year. So my question is, I'm gonna I'm gonna instinctively <laughs> answer this question for you. I think you are ready to learn how. 
and I'm I'm glad to uh, explain it to you. So just real quick, let's uh, review what entities are required to register. Again, LLCs, S-Corps, C-Corps, LLPs, LLPs, certain trusts that are required to register with the Secretary of State. And we're going to flash back here to this, uh, I think it was like page four or five in, in the PDF that the uh, feds put out about this, about this uh, law. Go back to it. Remember I said how to know if you're, if you must register with it, with the uh, law is the company a corporation? Yes. Is the company LLC? Yes. Was the company created by, by a filing of a document with the secretary of state or any similar office under the law of a state or Indian tribe? This is where we get to the, the nitty gritty. Okay. All these other entities, it all went over here to the yes, but if it's no, not a reporting company. See, if it's not required, if it's not created by the filing of a document with the Secretary of State, and doesn't you know, and doesn't obviously doesn't has to do annual reports that comes that's that goes along with it. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? So, have you ever heard of a, of a thing called Occam's Razor? a scientific uh, thing. I, I saw it on Contact, Jody Foster. Uh, where it's basically the simplest solution. I'm paraphrasing this. It's not exactly what that law is, but it suits me for this for this webinar. Is that the simplest solution is usually the best. Keep it simple, stupid. That's I live by that, right? Especially this the last stupid part. But um, if you run your business right now inside a C corp or an S corp and LLC, which most of us do, I I'd say probably most of us are in LLCs, maybe an S corp as well. But those are probably the ones that that, that we run our businesses through. And they are, we've already seen that they are required to register with the Corporate Transparency Act. Now, if you don't want to register your business with the Corporate Transparency Act, then here's the simple solution. Just start running your business inside an entity that is not required to register, right? It's, it's like this. So if you're, if you're wearing a leather jacket and suddenly it meant higher taxes and, and a, a and you know the same thing that we're talking about in this thing. So basically, your leather jacket is a reporting company. Well, you have a choice. You can you can pay the higher taxes, do all the documentation, have the increased scrutiny on you, and keep wearing that leather jacket, or just wear a different jacket. Okay, you see. And remember, I'm going to flash back to the feds here that that, that PDF, right? What if if you if the company was not created by the filing of a document with the Secretary of State or any similar officer in the law of the state. It's not a reporting company, okay? Well, our contract law business trusts and personal contract law trusts are not required to register with any state's Secretary of State. And you can run your business exactly as you are now in an LLC or an S-Corp especially inside our contract law, contract law business trust. Our contract law business trust can have unlimited DBAs, bank accounts under their umbrellas, you can run multiple businesses inside one contract law business trust. They have a spendthrift provision, meaning that the business income is as close to 100% predicted from losses as you can get. And again, you can you know run multiple projects, have a unlimited DBAs, bank accounts, but just one tax return and one EIN number. The business trust operates like a pass-through entity, okay, just like an S-corp does. So the net income that the, pass, the, the taxable net income after expenses and deductions and so on and so forth passes down to wherever you want it to go, just like an S-Corp, like I said. Um, you know, you, you can take it down into you personally via K-1. 
and that income is reported on your personal tax return, or it can be passed down to your personal contract law trust, or it can be passed down to a personal contract law charitable trust, whatever strategy you want. Okay. But, but uh, the most important thing to remember is that, you know, these all have spent through provisions. So, you know, you're getting massive asset protection and you do get some nice tax reduction and you get a, a very, a very good, uh, um, it's not, you're not totally anonymous, but you're a lot more anonymous than you will be under the corporate transparency. Let's put it that way. And the trust is only required to get an EIN number, not a FinCEN, okay, which is nice. So in summary, you get the following. You get freedom from this Corporate Transparency Act. You get, you get uh, let's not say full, let's say a lot of anonymity. Uh, not quite lawsuit proof, but almost <laughs> a lot of asset lawsuit proof asset protection and for your income streams plus your assets. And you get some good, good tax reduction as well. So I'm going to repeat the question I made. I asked early in the presentation, why in the world would you voluntarily comply with the Corporate Transparency Act if there was a legal way to avoid it? So the time to act is now. So I just want to say that, you know, these these trusts do take time to set up. And we are being swamped with people who are taking action in preparation for what's coming. So we only we can only help seven more people this month. So think about this. If you decide that you don't want to put yourself in that uh, under the spotlight of the Corporate Transparency Act, then, you know, I mean, honestly, <laughs> do a sole proprietorship or do this. That's really what your choices are. And we can help seven more people this month. So my question is, are you one of the seven? And if you are, then I want you to schedule a time for a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me. You know, I can, I mean, I had four or five today and uh, we were able to do a consultation with the, with the law firm out of Houston. So we'll definitely get you information. You need to make a uh, you know decision that's best for you. And I would say ask the person who referred you to this webinar to give you my scheduling link, or if you came from me, reach out to me directly, you know how to get in touch with me and we can set something up. But my advice is, look, you have choices. You don't have to just meekly accept what's coming. And don't be a sheep, right? You know, we know what's going to happen to the sheep eventually, right? They're going to get shaved for their wool and eventually they're going to be on someone's dinner plate or on their barbecue. So we don't want that for you either. So take action now before the law takes effect and protect yourself and your business. And so listen, I want to thank you guys for coming out. We can have a little bit of Q&A right now. And then, uh, you know, we are going to stop right at the top of the hour uh, because I don't like these webinars that they tell you an hour and then they go on for almost two hours. Sometimes I don't do that. I run a tighter ship. So we'll, we'll, we're going to shut it down at right at eight o'clock Eastern. So uh, thank you guys for uh, listening. And, you know, the just, you know, down here on the bottom of the of your Zoom screen, you see reactions. And if you can go here, you can just raise your hand and we can just do your test. I mean, so take your questions orderly. And just, again, remember, not a, I'm not an attorney. I'm not, account, I'm not an accountant, not licensed. This is informational purposes only. And like I said, my job here is to educate, to create awareness. And then we can get you speaking with someone from the law firm, uh, you know, to go into more details on that end. Okay. So let's see here. Who is iPhone who has his hand up? This is Bill. I just got a question for you. Oh, hey. Hey, hey. What I don't understand, Don, is look, Montana, I have companies in Montana right. and I'm protected in Montana right now. I don't know. I should still be protected in Montana. So I don't understand. Is it an LLC? It is. 
Well, you're going to have to report it. It's a reporting company. But in Montana, you don't have to report anything right now. So I don't understand. It's a federal. It's a federal law. Federal. So they're bypassing the states. They they are. <laughs> you know. Oh, so wow. sorry about that. All right, so, Steve. So, agree. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just curious what the what the options are. Are there are there how many options do I really have to opt out of it? Is is the well, one? Well, like you're I said, right if now? you're going to run a business, you want to continue running your business. I mean, you can do um, you can become a sole proprietor, mm -hmm. or you can get a business trust. Our business trust, because you know, otherwise you're you're screwed. You're going to have to. You're going to have to. Uh, I mean, you saw the doc the, the graph there. The you know, it's there. It's there. So, oh. uh, Steve, agree. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I can hear echoes here. Okay, there, there you go. go. Okay. All right. I was just curious about uh, what was the entity again that you said? What type of trust is it? Contract law business trust. Contract law business trust. Are those yeah. have they been around for a while? Yeah. And to and okay. And to, uh, okay. And what types of? I'm just curious what types of tests they've had. That's all. I mean, it's, um, I'm not sure. I mean, I know that the law firm out of Houston I work with they've been doing it for 70 years, and you know we're we're talking here about you know a, a, an entity it's like a, it's a pass-through entity like an s-corp yeah so there's is no tax uh savings there's no tax strategies with that it's just you're just changing hats right you run it exactly the same way and it, 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 it k1s down to whatever entity you want whether you personally or anything else so i just put my s-corp then within that trust the trust cannot the trust cannot own an, an entity but okay but what you would do is you would you would you would just basically you're, you're going to switch companies, okay? So this is what I'm doing, all right? So I have an S corp, I've been an S corp for 21 years. So I um, went down, I got you know I I got a business trust, and um, you know my my company is like blah blah Inc. Well, I just just blah blah without the ink, of course, it's not a, it's not a corporation, but I got my business trust um, bank account uh, Monday, so. By the end of the year, I will not have a dime of revenue go through my S corp uh, anymore. And then we're going to do our my my last my 2023 tax returns. I've already, I've already talked to us with my, my, with my CPA, and then we're going to just shut it down after that. We're going to file that last return and dissolve it. In the meantime, as you know, as of January first, all the income, all the revenue that I would I would be generating with my real estate investing business that would normally go through my S corp is going to go through my business trust. It operated exactly the same way. Thank okay. you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Cindy. Sorry, my uh, um, my camera's not working. Uh, just a question. What if you have, like, uh, I've got a couple of businesses now. One is an LLC that's set up. It's really an RA. Do you have to, like, do a different trust for each business? Typically, you don't have to. You can run things, but IRA is a qualified program, so you know there's there's things you can or can't do with IRA, and that's above my pay rate by my pay grade. You know, so uh, I can get someone to answer that question for you, but um, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there like I told you. I mean, I'm not. That's not what I do, and I don't want to be accused of uh, giving taxes uh, tax advice. Yeah. What about businesses that uh, we are intending to create but haven't formed yet? Would would you well, be able to as of as of December? Yes, you can. And as of as of January first, any new businesses 
will you have 30 days to comply. Okay. So existing businesses now, they have a grace period until uh, December 31st of 2025. Mm. Okay. So, um, All right. yeah. All right. Thank Ralph. you. Yes, no problem. Ralph, what do you got? Hey, Don, what's going on? I'm actually in uh, Houston. Um, so it's good to hear that there's some some people that have some solutions down here. I have a question. Um, I'm in the business credit and business funding space. Uh -huh. uh, is the type of entity or organization that, that you're, you're recommending that we set up, is there going to be an issue when it comes to trying to acquire business credit or no, any type of... but you're going to have to start over again. So you'll need a new EIN? Well, you'll have a new yeah. When you form your business trust, it's going to be a new EIN number. It's just that you know, if you I have a lot of business credit with my S corp. I mean, twenty one years I built some really nice, you know, lines of credit and so forth. But I, they're going to go bye bye because it's a it's a you're not going to transfer them over, right? Right. So yeah, gotta, you got to build it up again. So I mean, it's a it's annoying. I wish I had to do it, but you know what? That 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 smaller pain is better than me having to be involved in the Corporate Transparency Act. Yeah, that invasion of privacy is ridiculous, man. It's, yeah, uh, it is. It's kind of, it feels like a setup. I mean, it seems like after they gave out all this money for EIDL, PPP, now it seems to be coming, you know, they, they got to get their money back. So um, I look forward to scheduling a call with you because I think, you know, me personally, I, don't, I just don't want the liability or the uh, the disclosure of my personal. And, and now, now my business is becoming personal and that's bothersome to me. Right, exactly. Um, so the, the business trust, is that a... Is that a type of Texas organization no, or it, no, no, they, the, they, they've been working out of Texas since 1950s, but these, these trusts are, are for any state. And like I said, the okay. biggest thing is that they're not required to register with any company, any, any state and they don't own all banks recognize all banks recognize the type of that type of trust. Yeah. I mean, the only Perfect. difference right now is, is what you have to show of the trust to get an account. So when I went mm -hmm. to Wells Fargo and I think regions is the same way, you just have to show the certification of trust and the EIN number, and that's enough to, to open up a personal trust account, which is what these are. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Because uh, I know one, they always check. Pardon me? No, I know, like, when you go open up a regular business bank account, they the first thing they do is they go and they check with the you know state corporate commission to see if you're a registered business and stuff like that. So I wonder if there they might don't. be any challenge. They don't. I mean, no, this is the second trust. This is the second trust I've I've opened. I mean, banking I've opened my personal trust and my business trust, and not a single problem. Cool. Yeah. Well, look forward to booking a call with you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Alan. Okay, so Don, if you have a parent company, you are you saying that it's obvious if you have a parent company, a holdings company, and you have your subdivisions on, on your, your divisions under that. What's going on that you said that new EIN? The IRS is issuing that. So when you be get no, that as what a it, no, what I'm saying is that you, if you don't want you don't want any of your companies that are existing right now to have to register okay. with the Transparency Act, then you're going to have okay. to dissolve. Okay, yeah, and so that's what I'm doing. Like I told you, I'm yeah. after we file our taxes in April, we're going to dissolve the S corp. And before the first of the year, I've set up my business trust and got my business trust bank account. And as of January 1st, all revenue that I make from my, my real estate company and my consulting and my affiliate stuff that I do, it's all active income is going to go right into my business trust. And I in my S-Corp won't make a dime ever again. It's gone. Bye-bye. See you later. 
So yeah, so you lose all that all that business built up business credit from wherever from, from A1 all the way in. It's like zeroed out. Yep. You gotta start over again. Or stay inside or stay inside, you know, the, the CTA and take your chances, right? Okay. I mean, there's, so really, that, there's really there's two tour choices. That's it. And, and for that, we need to get with you. Financially, yeah, just reach out to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's a payment, of, and that's how you get the actual business trust to go in the bank and, and open up an account. Yeah, you, just, that you, go, you go in with your certification of trust and your EIN number, and you tell them you want to mm -hmm. open up a, you want to open a, a personal trust account. And there's no problem. But I'm saying everything can go through you first in order to go. Well, yeah, I mean, you can go that. go to me. We'll get we'll get you set up on that step. You know the yes, uh, obviously. Yeah. So again, I okay. I work with a law firm. You know, they're the ones that are creating the trust. I'm not. You know, but I my job is to promote, educate, and and then do all of the, uh, um, you know, to do all the customer support side. Okay, and we do have you know a number. Okay. Of different accounting firms that, that that work with us and they do all the accounting they do all the accounting side so that's how it works but you start it starts with me real quick mm -hmm. you know i have a, my company like the other gentleman in my town i'm wyoming but i'm foreign entity out here in vegas yeah how would that work for well i mean like i said you can continue working the way you are or dissolve them you know? yeah sorry that's just that's just the bitter truth you know 36 million people is not going to do this. Uh, well, they're going to be compelled to this do it. They're going to be compelled to do it one way or the other. If they willfully, right. if they, Alan, if they willfully don't comply, that is a criminal offense. That's what, that's what I was trying to show you. So they so got, basically, they what about, so they they got I haven't never heard anything about it only through you as always. Uh, well, you, you know, can Google it. Many people it's out there more and more. It's getting out there. So, you know, there's other sources besides me, you know. So, uh, Ralph, what do you got? Thanks. No problem. Ralph. Oh, maybe my hand was raised again uh, a second oh, time. But I, I gotta, yeah, sorry okay, about no that. Problem. No problem. I can't see everybody here, so I got to flip through to see who's got the hands raised. Um, let's see here. We have Minister Babaji. If you would Minister unmute. Babaji. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Thank you, by the way, for this education. No problem. Um, I, I was wondering, what if your LLC, the manager, is a church and your member is a trust already? Are you going to have to comply to stuff? or Non-taxable non entities are exempt. However, LLCs aren't. The LLC okay. will have to register no matter what. Okay. And anybody that has... Anybody that has, you know, a beneficial ownership or substantial control has to register as well. That makes sense. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So then with the business bank accounts, since bank accounts are really never closed privately or publicly, they're only really commercially closed. Do we, do we close the bank account though, at least on that? Yes. I don't anticipate okay. having any more income coming my real estate investing business because i mean i do short sales and short sales take a while and i was looking at my my pipeline i said you know i'm not going to really have any closings the rest of the year so i'm going to be closing that bank account down real soon okay and like i said we're just then it's just there'll be no more revenue coming in and then i'll just wait till we get our taxes filed then we'll dissolve yes Corey. okay okay and then for your business uh trust account or the bank account for the trust account 
what banks did you use? Are you able to I share use, what banks I'm you using used? Wells Fargo. I use Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo. Okay. Yeah. And the reason why I did that is because it's not that I have any great love for Wells Fargo. Uh, it's just that, you know, a lot like Bank of America, Chase, some of the other banks, they want you to come in with the trust book. And right. I really said, you know, well, they don't need to see my trust book, you know? So, um, you know, I just, I know that Wells Fargo and regions as well, regions, uh, you can, you can go there with a cert certification of trust that you get from the attorneys and then the uh, EIN number, and they will, they'll open up a personal trust account for you with just with that alone. Okay. Dude, there's no Wells Fargo around here, around where I am. Do they do it over the phone or on the internet? I, I don't know. Do I, I don't know. I just went to a branch. I don't know. But like I said, Regions and and, and Wells Fargo are the ones that will. Okay. Does business credit? I'm sorry? Can you use the business credit with uh, trusts and build your business credit with the trust? Well, 100%, yes. Okay. That's yeah. great. So it it's actually. Uh, yeah. It's like I said, it's an in, it's an entity that, that you're using, you know, to run your business or of course you can, you know. All right. So this actually kind of looks like it's a good thing. You know, if, you know, despite the fact that we're kind of wiping out all the you know the efforts stuff, we have yeah. put in but really it might be the better way to do it anyways you know from i the think rip. so i mean you know the, i like the fact that you know there is some semblance of asset pro or you know protection for your revenue um you know so um that's nice that you don't normally have um i yeah. mean uh my rev my llc revenue is minimal however i do not want to incur fines etc i mean yeah i mean it's it depends on your revenue. I mean, obviously, this is not for people who are barely getting by. You know, in that case, I would. If you don't want to be involved in in, in CTA, then go to go to, uh, uh, you know, sole proprietor. Uh, but we can talk about it uh, offline if you want to. That's not a problem. Just let me know. Um, Thank you, by the way. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Okay, well, guys, I appreciate it. I I, I hope that this uh, gave gave you some clarification. On, we have one more hand raised. If do we oh. have a minute for Dr. Tamara sure. Allen? Oh yes, I didn't see a doctor. Sorry about that, Dr. Tamara. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, this was great information because I've been definitely telling uh, my community that they need to get their crap together. Because yeah. what I did not know is that we couldn't, um, that we really needed to dissolve to dissolve the current LLCs and basically start all over. Because no matter what. And it makes sense now because you're still tying that into that trust, which means, you know, they can break that corporate seal. You know, they can break that because you're still bringing what you had before into the new. So you're advising us to close any current, um, dissolve any current trust. Don't use any of the funds, meaning the business credit that we previously had and just start all completely over. That's what I'm doing. Okay. And like I said, but, you can, but is it advisable to do that? That's what yeah. I have been advised by the attorneys I've been working with. Yes. Okay, because you're really, if you keep those current credit cards and things of that nature, oh, then that means, yeah, but it's still it's still there. It's still right. It's, yeah, it still exists. So do we, in your advisory, are should we close down those credit cards? I am. I'm oh, in the of closing everything down. Interesting, interesting. Because then it's still tied to you if you don't close them. Well, it's still it's still tied to the uh, to the corporate to entity, that entity to yeah. that actual entity. Yes. Ooh, yes. some folks are not going to be happy about that, and that's where the loophole is going to fall. 
And that's where it's going to drop. Because if you're not taking your taking proper care of your records yeah. and you use those cards, it's over. Then you. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of mistakes are going to be made. And that's there's going to be a lot of fines paid minimum. You know, that's so what the, I mean. The yeah. fines are going to be assessed because you are using. So when you said by April that you are going to, you know, after this, you're just going to go ahead and dissolve it because. As if you go past that, or if you do, um, what do you call that? Uh, when you delay and your taxes, extend. Yeah, when you extend your taxes, would you recommend extending it? Uh, you know what? Out? If you're remember, we have a, we have a grace period until the end of the year next year, right? October, right? I mean, and a lot of people. I mean, I'm one of them. Okay, my accountant always told me extend every year because statistics show that they they have a higher audit rate for people who file on you know in April than they do in in uh, in, in uh, September October. But I don't know. I think I'll probably just want to get over with because I mean, I did, my real estate company didn't really make a huge amount of money. So the grace, Cindy, the grace period is until existing companies have until December 31st of next year to register with CTA. Okay, so you have some grace time to get stuff set up. But, you know, I would urge everybody to do what I did was I get I set my stuff up this year, you know, mm -hmm. my, my 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 trusts. And I want I don't want any revenue going into no nothing going on with in next next year except through my trusts. But the okay. question is when I'm when I'm talking in reference to the taxes that you were speaking in reference to, yeah. there's going to at least be four months. So you're dissolving everything this year. Or are you dissolving? No, 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 no. no. I never said four it. I said, of the year. I said that as soon as my 2023 taxes are finished, then I'm right. going to. Okay. But, so by, I dissolve my bank account. Yeah. Right. My bank account's being dissolved in this year by the end of the year because I don't want a dime to go through that bank account. There's going to be no, no revenue to my S Corp anymore as of okay. December 1st. So if, if you have ADP, and you're paying yourself through payroll through your LLC at slash S Corp, yeah. then we need to be thinking or considering dissolving that as well. Is that correct? Um, that's something you should talk to your tax advisor about those types of questions. I mean, I can certainly refer you to someone that can answer those questions. He's a CPA. Uh, he'd be glad to answer those questions. And he he has a trust and works with a trust and so forth. Um, I'll I'll defer to him on those kinds of questions and, and I'll just stick with what I'm doing. But I know that 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 because the business trust can be run exactly as you would in the other, you know, as, as corporate LLC, for example. So I mean, just treat it exactly the same way. There's no learning curve there. It's gotcha. just it's only only the company the, the, the entity structure is is different. Everything else is the same. Same We're same. essentially working the same. We're just protecting yes. ourselves through the actual business trust. Yes, exactly. That's what. It and is. we're actually working on our trust. But I got a call with you. I don't have time to be playing around. I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you okay, so much. Well, it was no problem. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. So, guys, um, we're going to uh, go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> Excuse me. Thank you for coming out. Um, I look forward to talking with you, talking uh, with you guys uh, that make appointments, and we can talk more about it. And, uh, you know, let's, um, you know, let's keep fighting the good fight here and, and just realize that we have options. Okay. And, um, you know, my, I made my choice. I do not want to be involved in the, in the corporate transparency act. You guys make that choice yourself and, uh, you know, let's all see if we can get through this, but this is going to be an upheaval. 
with small business and private investors. It's just not, we've never experienced anything like that, at least not in our lifetimes, right? So this is going to be a whole new playing field and we got to be ready and understand it and make the right decisions for our each each of our unique situations, okay? So I will, um, you know, I do these things every every Thursday, by the way. I always add something different to it. And the more information that comes in, you know, we put in and we talk about it and, and I, I talk about it. So, um, and we'll just go from there, okay? Thanks, guys. It was nice having you here. Thank you. All right, Don.